listening, Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Egg listeners, you know how much I love this thing called podcasting, right? I might have said it one or 500 times on the show. Well, I found a new way to basically share this passion with others, and that's through podcast consulting. Do you have an idea for a podcast you're looking to get off the ground? Well, definitely get in touch because I would love to work with you to take your idea to launch and let you express yourself out in this world we call podcasting. So check it out at glisteningparticlespodcasting.com. In this episode, I'm talking with Joe Beavers. He's a dad, a businessman, and a motorcycle stunt rider. He's kind of a local hero. People know him, know his work, go hang out and watch him practice, and all of those good things. And it was great to sit down with him and hear about how he found his way to this passion in his life and how he makes time to do it. And especially to hear the story about the shoulder injury. You have to hang in there for that one. With that, here's Joe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Glistening Particles. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really glad we finally got to talk because um, we've been talking about doing this for a while. And for the listeners, Joe is a recommendation from my son, Sam, who is sort of a motorcycle junkie. And he's been a motorcycle junkie since he was about seven. That's my son. And he discovered Joe and uh, is pretty impressed with his motorcycle techniques. So that's what we're going to start about to talk about to start with. Why don't you tell people what you do with motorcycles? Because I don't think I can describe it for you. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm basically uh, what they would call, you know, the modern day evil Knievel, you know, a motorcycle stunt rider. I travel around the world performing um, at different events. You know, different types of um, motorcycle stunts, you'd say, different types of entertainment shows. And um, what kind of motorcycles do you drive in your stunts? I, I stunt ride Harley-Davidson motorcycles. That's almost impossible for me to imagine because, believe it or not, in my simple Midwestern life, I've been around motorcycles quite a bit. Um, in fact, there's always motorcycles hanging out in my driveway or in my garage and Harleys do not look like natural stunt riding motorcycles. So tell me how that works. Yeah, really they're not. But, you know, it is a, a pretty well-built motorcycle. And just to take the whole stunt scene to a different level and kind of do something no one else is doing, that's why I kind of turned to the Harley-Davidson due to the fact mm. that, you know, just like you said, when people think of stunts on a motorcycle, they just try like motocross bikes or you know, today, as you, you know, most, most people say like, you know, the crotch rocket sport bikes, whatever. But when I tell them, you know, you know, this is actually done on 
you know, six, seven hundred pound Harley Davidson motorcycles, then that kind of brings it to a different level. Yeah, it's almost hard to describe what you do without seeing it. So we'll have to make sure people go out and look at your Instagram and things like that and see what you're doing. Because I think the one that I know, like, you know how when you meet a magician and you see him do a trick, you're not supposed to ask them how they do it. I kind of feel like that with you, but I don't get how you stand on the motorcycle with your hands up in the air and it keeps going. How does that happen? (laughs) Really? (laughs) The... It's physics, you know, okay. something like we taught when we were younger. Something stays in motion until something makes it stop. Oh. That's the same type deal thing when you, you know, you're doing tricks, you know. Physics takes over and you kind of just work around, you know, how physics work. So it does, you know, appear to people like, holy cow, how's that happening? <laughs> like I thought there must have you know, been some special gadget. So there's not like secret gadgets holding the gas throttle or whatever it is, the you know, not the throttle, the thing that makes it go, wow, I'm sounding super impressive right now, you know, the gas. Right. I do have a a auto tune on it, you know, allows Uh me to change my idle at certain times. So that kind of helps it. Or you you put it in a different gear where the bike wants to chug along instead Mm -hmm. of stall out. Like, you know, people would think, hey, you're going slow. That thing's going to stall out and you're going to fall off. So you've got a little bit of magic in it. So how, how old were you when you started doing things like this with motorcycles? Believe it or not, people won't believe it. I didn't start until I was 21. Really? Like I, wow. Yeah. I, I raced BMX, you know, throughout my life and, you know, did the whole skateboard scene. And mm-hmm. so I was always into, you know, doing tricks. Mm-hmm. But coming, how would you say, coming from um, a, city, a city boy, that a father is a cop. Mm-hmm. There's really no motorcycles allowed in the house. So. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's the opposite here. It's a motorcycle haven at this place. So um, that's a big transition from non-motorized stunts to motorized stunts. Was that a, was it that way for you? Was it a big change? It was a big change, but like as uh, you know, my mom would say, I grew up to be a show off. So that's pretty oh. much as I got <laughs> older, I had to figure out new things to show off anymore. You, know, you can't mm-hmm. impress the girls on a BMX bike because a 12 year old is doing it. <laughs> yeah. They're, it they're so in. damn good, you know, aren't they? <laughs> right. It's frustrating. So it, it kind of fell in that category, you know, uh, as I got older, the toys got bigger, you know? Yeah. So I get that. Yep. That's pretty normal. Um, so what made you choose a Harley? Was that your first choice or did you ride other things at first? I, I started out with your everyday sport bikes and went, you know, went, went from there and you know after about 15 years of doing that i kind of got burned out about it and i Mm -hmm. also just got tired of everybody doing the same thing and like you know over that 15 years stunt riding went from you know people still say it's an underground sport you know you're a lawbreaker you're out there you know antagonize the police this and that but as you as you grow up and like you know i'd say my passion went on i found out you know I really love being in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, had to do something different to the fact that everybody was out there, you know, stunt riding now. Okay. Because once, you know, once it went in front of the X games, it kind of went mainstream and I it was just it. like to book events, you know, why, why should we book you from Wisconsin and California when we could just book these people from California, you know, and it was just like, you know, it's time to change up and, you know, how you want to look at it. You know, I might be from Wisconsin, you know, homo Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. That might have, you know, pushed Works that idea in my head. But it was 
the whole the whole thing it was just that you know that wow factor again people are like you know you're really gonna do that on a harley and you know went to a harley and over time you know customized some stuff to make it work and, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how the harley stunts you know started and and now it's just like you know i i can't see you know riding any other bike you know it's Aww. funny I, you know i rode sam's bike the other day and i was just like <laughs> man let's just throw this thing in the garbage oh was, don't say that on not, the- <laughs> not saying his bike's garbage but it just is not it's not like that hard rumble <laughs> steel of a harley davidson it's kind yeah. of like jumping on a toy yeah, it's a lot lighter, I'm sure. And there's just nothing like the sound of a Harley, really. I mean, there's nothing like it. So did you ever ride for Harley-Davidson, like go to any of their events and ride for them? Um, That's pretty much what I do now. Like this past summer, I did about 26 shows, and 20 of them were at Harley-Davidson dealerships. Oh, nice. I bet they're just so impressed. Because I, I know I, I've been out watching you ride. That day I went out with Sam and watched you, and... I was blown away. I'm like, how is he even doing that? I mean, sometimes I have trouble walking from A to B and you're doing things that I can't even possibly imagine on a bike. So, so do you ever, um, have you found that there are some stunts that push your envelope that make you go like that really push your edge? Yeah, there's, you know, like, like like right now, you know, I'm, I'm in an off season. Mm -hmm. So now it's just like, I'm really pushing the envelope. You know, you're, you know, trying to take it up the next stop step for mm-hmm. next year. So in the off season, I start pushing new tricks mm-hmm. and that's like, when people are like, Oh, that stunt riding is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, during the show season, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, walking or riding a bicycle mm-hmm. in the off season, you know, this whole training, like, you know, I'd call it the training season. That's where the riding to the edge pushing the limits to see how far you can, you know, do something to keep it under control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where it, you, you know, how I'd, you know, I guess I'd say, you know, this is where I kind of turn my brain off and say, these tricks must be learned. And <laughs> They must be learned. To the fact that, you know, you always have to come out with something new because, mm-hmm. you know, if you do 40 of the same shows, mm-hmm. well, people are like, oh, I've already seen you. Nothing's exciting anymore. Mm-hmm. So what it what is the latest like? T- what's your toughest stunt right now on the Harley? Toughest stunt right now on the Harley. I'm trying to get they're called circle wheelies, and that's riding a, a wheelie in a circle, mm-hmm. like a tight circle, not like you know, not like I'm riding like you know on a 400 foot area. You know, mm-hmm. just imagine me spinning it on a top like in your driveway. I got it. Yep. So got it. I see that. So doing. Doing it in a small spot and keeping it under control, but mm-hmm. also at the same time accelerate to get it to, to go faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really hard. I can't. I mean, I totally see what you're saying. You can totally see it, but it sounds really hard with a Harley. Whereas with some of the smaller bikes or lighter bikes, is probably not that hard in comparison. Right. I'm not. We're not, not going to ever say it's not that hard, but with a Harley. Just with a V-twin motorcycle, mm-hmm. the motor the motor runs the opposite of what you like. You want your bike to move, just because it's not an even balanced motor. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you know, kind of chuckle. It's like a thunk, thunk, thunk. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. it doesn't want to do what you want it to do. Uh-huh. So, um, what is 
Have you, I, this was a question. I asked Sam for a couple questions before I got on the call with you a couple weeks ago. I asked him and it, to tell me what I should ask. And one of them he said was, um, have you had any bad crashes? I did. And, well, this is kind of funny. My bad crashes were before I was quote unquote a stunt rider. Uh-huh. While you were learning. <laughs> Why I was, a, I was a show off on the street. In 2000, it was probably my worst crash. I put a wheelie over backwards around 95 miles per hour on the street. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a bad one. Like I had a crazy injury that most doctors never see. Instead of ripping my rotator cuff, I broke the ball of my shoulder, uh-huh. like my arm socket, in half. Wow. So then that separated my arm like seven and a half inches into my spine. So oh. at, the, at that moment, at that moment, I was paralyzed for about 13 hours. So then I figured, hey, that must be the reason I should become a stunt rider. <laughs> but, I'm just still trying to not feel the pain of what you just described. Like, how do they fix that? You know what I mean? How do they fix hey, well, that? I, I, got, I got lucky. Um, because the, you know, stuff that we never think about, like, oh, doctors fix anything, just screw it back together. Uh-huh. If you think about it, your, your, your socket on your arm right. is round. So if you put a screw through it, you're going to have a sharp edge because the right. screw head's not, you know, concave with a, your bone. Mm-hmm. So if they put a screw in it, every time you move it, you're going to rip your rotator cuff. Right. Right. So they had to put me in a, basically a demobilizer so I couldn't move. Like for my, you know, basically my shoulder and stuff. So I was laid up for about 16 months. And <gasps> oh my gosh, 16 that, months? Yeah. And how old were moment, you? How old were you then? Let's see. I was probably 23 then. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I'm, 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 I'm 40 now. Ah, so 40. It was, <laughs> so it was, you know, it was a while ago. But at that moment, my writing was done. Mm-hmm. And I, I took the chances because after you're, you know, basically in a brace that long, your shoulder freezes. Like, you know, older people get frozen shoulders because mm-hmm. they don't move it That's so much. It's the same thing. And at that time, I lost about 80% motion in my arm. Mm-hmm. And I was, to me, I was like, I was too young to be handicapped already. Mm-hmm. So I talked to the doctors, and the doctors just like, you know, unfortunately, they looked at me and said, Joe, you're not a professional athlete. This is about far as we could go. And I was, you know, I have always been that person who's like, everybody on the earth should be treated the same just because mm-hmm. I don't make a million dollars a year like the NFL does. That, you know, if they have, if they have the doctors that could fix them, there's doctors that could fix me. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a, one more option. They're like, Joe, we could dislocate your shoulder on purpose mm-hmm. to try to get motion back. But we're going to have you sign a waiver saying there's about an 80% chance that we're going to re-break it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can't move it now. Mm-hmm. So if you re-break it, I'm still not going to be able to move it. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this. And but you, at signed, that time, you, you signed up for that. Nice. Well, I signed up for it. My parents signed me off for it. And I uh-huh. signed it back up. And I'm like, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? I can't move my arm. Right. What am I going to do? You know, and... Guess what happened? They broke it. <laughs> they did. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was perfect because you're you're moving no, again. So. They broke it. Okay, then what? So I went through the the healing process again uh-huh. and signed up for it again. 
And this time they got it right. Wow. It, it, wow. I don't say they got it right. It, the socket actually, you know, moved okay. here. We'll, we'll go into a little detail. How basically what they do, they tie you on a bed. They push your arm the wrong direction with a whole bunch of weights and uh. hoping that you could rip all the scar tissues to pop it out. That sounds so medieval, so, doesn't it? It sounds like something out of Game it, of Thrones or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't the, you know, as they told us, how is this going to happen? And it's just like, I just had in my had in my head, it's just like, let's just keep trying it because. <laughs> I just I, can't, can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, slam me no, with a just, bunch of heavy weights. Come on, do it. <laughs> right. So it all so, works yeah. now. It all works now. Let's see. Hands above the head. It's all good. Well, kind kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a. I probably have like like ninety percent motion. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm happy with that. You know, after two years of therapy, they kind mm-hmm. of told me, you know, stop wasting your money. This is all you're mm-hmm. gonna get. Well, that's pretty impressive considering what happened, you know, yeah. I mean, all like when you look at all the way back to how that started, that's pretty impressive that you are now stunt riding with a shoulder that went through yeah. all of that abuse. Any other um, prominent accidents you want to share with us? Um, you know, you have your, your, your minor ones, you know, I broke mm-hmm. some ribs here and there, you know, but like in 2000, I'm going to say 2007, I, I, broke my leg mm-hmm. but i didn't wow. believe it was broken so i, I walked it off <laughs> not listening to doctors saying that you need surgery and i said okay we need surgery so if i the thing is i just started this is sound crazy i just started to do this ice tour that we were performing on ice and hockey rings it was, a, it was the first day of the event so i was like too excited to give up for it okay so i kind of I didn't want to believe that my leg was broken, so I believe that my leg wasn't broken. Okay. So I was able to, I don't, I'd say walk it off, but you can only imagine how that went over, but, <laughs> you know, I never, I never had surgery on it. And so it was broken. Really lo- you rode it, the yeah. ice show. Did you have I, it like my, super wrapped or something? Like yeah, how did you, it yeah. was broken. How did you keep it all together? I... Basically, I wore mm-hmm. a real tight boot and I had it wrapped up. I broke my tibula, so you know, I still have my fibula connected. But you break your tibula, you know, it's, you're supposed to go get surgery like right then and there. Uh-huh. But it, I was, I was not, you know, I was just like, it hurts, but it's not, it doesn't <laughs> hurt that bad. You know. Yeah, we have a way different level of pain tolerance, you and I. Let's just start there. Let's just leave it. <laughs> it's yeah, that's what I you know. It's weird. Some stuff I can't tolerate at all. Really, a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff here. We'll just get inside. Like, you know, my brother's a tattooist. He comes by, comes by me with a needle. You're gonna watch me say, "You keep that away from me." I think that's seriously? the worst pain. <laughs> yeah, my my tattoos are the worst pain in the world. Wow, that's but interesting. Broken bones and stitches, and huh. I think it's part of where I, how I, you know, my body's kind of weird. I, I think I was born different. Like my body doesn't deaden, so my whole entire life, like you know, like stitches and whatever. You know, my first set of stitches were probably like when I was two year old, two years old, jumping off a chair, cracking my head open. Mm-hmm. You know, my my mom's like said, "Dude, your second house is." 
you know, the hospital. <laughs> but not like none of that they ever could. You know, Novocaine and stuff like that doesn't work on me. Oh, so you're, you're so immune to like, painkillers, is what you're saying? Yeah. I yeah, know so, some other people like that. That's freaky. That is a freaky anomaly. And actually, the other people I know like that have the same thing where they can tolerate inordinate amounts of pain. Yeah. Right. So, Weird. so I, I, I kind of just grew up like, you know, it's a mindset. I look mm-hmm. at, okay, this pain's going to hurt for a little bit, not a lifetime. So let's just get it over with and fix it that way. Mm. So. Interesting. I should probably adopt that once in a while. I'm more like, don't, no pain, zero pain, please. Right. So, um, so the other thing about you, and I think this is why Sam wanted me to, to bring you on the show as well as your stunt writing was that you just have a really uh, amazing and you have a really good life that you've created for yourself. And it's, it's got to do with how you've trained your mind and made your mindset. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it's just like, here, real quick, I worked at a, at a job that I felt that was hurting my stunt riding career, mm-hmm. and every time I tried to ask off, you know, yeah, I had to get permission for it. Mm-hmm. So real, real early in life, I realized that I had to figure out something, you know, I had to do something to be able to keep riding, because... If you, you know, if you work for somebody, I learned right away that they control your life. So I looked outsourced and I was like, you know, I did what I tell people. I tell people, well, talk to the people that you want to be like and see how they did it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, you know, that's what I did. Like, you know, go back to stunt riding. Younger, young years when I was, you know, first starting out, whatever, finally, you know, got quote unquote as they, you know, I never call myself a professional. I'm just a kid at heart that has fun. But I became, you know, this quote unquote professional stunt writer. I was part of a vertical mischief team as a stunt team. We got invited to China to be the first, you know, U.S. stunt team to perform over there. That's cool. And my job, my job really didn't like me being gone that long. So Mm -hmm. that's why I was like, you know, this is when I looked out outside the box, I guess you say, like, how do these people that have all this free time able, you know, to do stuff? So I kind of, I reached out to a lot of people and learned that, you know, we all live in this life together. You know, we all live in the same life, I guess you'd say, but you choose your lifestyle. You know, you go after what you want and sometimes you just have to, you know, do extra stuff. Like if I want to play, I got to work harder at night. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I learned in my life. And it kind of turned around to, I I teach people this now. Like people like always Joe, how can you be gone all the time? This and that. When you know, what you know, what do you do for work? You know, it's like you know, you know. Besides, they don't look at it. You know, stunt writing pays me, but does it pay me? You know, mm-hmm. it only pays you so much. And you've got a family, and you've got a right, yeah, yeah. right. So it's just like I, you know, I had to look. And create, you know, go with, you know, go with the times. Mm-hmm. So I teach people, you know, look what's going on today. You know, to me, it's like working a day job. That's yesterday's stuff. Mm-hmm. There's more and more time, you know, today, more and more people want to start their own businesses. Mm-hmm. So I try to, you know, I try to coach people and teach them like, hey, the easiest way to do that is just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't start, you know, don't, don't talk about it. Don't think about it. 
just just do it. And if you really want to do something else, like at that time, I really wanted my free time to ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, started in, you know, different types of businesses, you know, just going with people that already had the lifestyle I wanted to wanted mm-hmm. because it's like I might have didn't want exactly their lifestyle. You know, some people like, oh, they want the fancy cars. They want this. They want that. You know, I just wanted a free time mm-hmm. and free time. In, and I try to tell people free time in life is, you know, is yeah. key. If you want to live your life to the fullest, you need the free time. And to have their yeah. free time, you need the money because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the joke always says there's two types of people. People with all the money and no time. That's not fun. Or you get all the people with, you know, all the time and no money. But if you want to live a good life, you got to find a medium, mm-hmm. the middle of that and say, mm-hmm. hey, what can I do over here that so when I want to go, like I'd say in my life, go play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, take like my family, you know, if I just went off and played all the time, it'd be like the lights would be turned off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love playing. You know? So that's kind of where it all led to. And it, it created a lifestyle I have now that, you know, when you want something, you go get it and to go get it, you know, best ways help people out because if you help people out, you know, you're going to come back, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to it's going to turn back around and you're going to get mm-hmm. what you want. So I know, um, I think you were helping out my son a little bit, showing him how to do some of the tricks and things like that, some stunts, which is one of the ways you help out. What are the other ways that you do that? Like, how do you give, how do you give back from what you're doing? Um, you know, in the stunt world, you know, I help, you know, all the new riders that are local, you know, help them mm-hmm. you know, to learn for one. It's to me, it's just like, let's go out and ride. Mm-hmm. If I have people that are good at riding, it makes it fun, you know. And yeah. you know, in life, if we if I could teach people to get freedom, you know, I teach them people how to run. Right now, like the hottest trend in the world is the internet. Mm-hmm. So I teach people how to run businesses on internet. You know, try to m- match them up. You know, if you're a makeup person, I try to you know guide you. Hey, you might want to look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to be in you know cosmetic world, if you want to be in buying and selling stuff, start looking. You know, towards this, you know, if if you like dealing with people, start, you know, dealing with that. I, I fit today's trends mm-hmm. to people's wants and needs. And, you know, I, t- I basically tell people, you know, don't be afraid of network marketing. Because, mm-hmm. You know, people have horror stories, what they think network marketing is. But network marketing is the easiest and cheapest way to build yourself up. Because if you can't do... If you, I can't say you can't do. If you can't face what you're supposed to do in network marketing, mm-hmm. do me a favor and do not go open up a business because <laughs> your stress because your stress level uh-huh. when you have a hundred thousand dollars in debt is going to be so hard, far above your head. So if you never did anything in business, start out something with a proven system, a you know a training course behind it, mm-hmm. and if you fail at it. Who cares if you lose $2,000? Who cares if you lose $5,000? Mm-hmm. But you're going to really care if you lose $100,000 or 50000 right. or 20000 mm-hmm. Sometimes I sit down with people and they have all this bread idea. It's like, how much are they going to cost you? And I'm like, do you have that? No, I'm going to get a loan from the bank. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're, not, you're, you don't, you're not really sure you're going to make money, but you're going to go get a loan from the bank. So I, 
How did you, you know, start? How, how did you start yourself then? So you you had your company when you wanted to go to China. Did you quit then, right on the spot, so you could do that trip? Pretty much. Yeah. I well, guess or no. I I kind of gave them attitude, and they kind of asked <laughs> me to go. They asked me to go on vacation. Oh, okay. <laughs> a, per, a permanent vacation. <laughs> so I might have been. It was like the whole um, baby birds. Oh you know, yeah. Here's yeah, yeah. the edge of the nest. You're going for it. Yeah. So that's right away, you know, it's like I, I had no option. I mean, I mm-hmm. had an option. I could have, you know, went back and say, hey, can I have my job back, this mm-hmm. and that. And I, I probably could have got it back, but at that moment, you know. Well, sometimes those I, leaps are just what we need to take our next step, you know. Sometimes uh, there is a blessing or a gift uh, in them. And, you know, that's why I try to teach people. I was just like, it's the fear of failing is huge in people's life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not born with fear. Right. We create our own fear. You know, this, you know, I always tell people, look at, let's think about our kids. You know, I have a three-year-old. My three-year-old falls down all the time, falls off the couch, falls over that, you know. But guess yeah. what? She gets back up and does it again. Mm-hmm. As we grow older, our fear becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. And I, like I tell people, you got, you got to switch it around. I understand we have responsibilities and this and that. It's just like I kind of get bold and blunt about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Joe, I can't afford to go do this for this. Like you complaining that you can't afford to do anything. So your day job's not working right now. Right. So let's dip into what you want to do and see if you can create something with it. Mm-hmm. And then once you create something with it, you have the choice to leave that day job and go after what you really wanted to do. Or guess what? Forget about what you created. You didn't lose nothing. You had experience. You learned stuff. Right. And go back to your day job because I'm not telling people to quit their day job right now. Right. You know, it's just like, it's like make time for what you want. Right. And just sort of dip your toes in it and get it, get some experience and, you know, some lower risk experience or take the, take the big leap if that's what people want to do. But I think that's and, what happens. They're in fear or they're just, they're like, I don't know what's worse, the suffering of day to day doing what you don't love or the risk of, you know, it might fail. To me, the risk of it might fail is becoming much more compelling than not doing what you love. Right. You know, regret is worse than failing. Failing, we get over. Right. You know, once you regret that you didn't do something. Can't change it. You know, maybe later, yeah, yeah, maybe later in life you can't do that. Right. So you should have did it when you're, failure is just, failure is not failure. Failure is just a a learning step. You know, that's a whole other conversation. You know, I can go off. (laughs) <laughs> for hours about why I'd like everybody I'd sit there and talk to. I'd want every single one to fail just to say, hey, failure wasn't that bad, was it? Exactly. You know, that's actually, it's so funny because my, my other son, I have a 15-year-old, and he's reading a book. They're doing studying this book at school, and it has to do with um, with failure and how in America we've we've created this environment where we just don't want kids to fail. Right. We make it we want to do everything oh, yeah. we can in the school and sports and everything so that they they don't fail. But like I remember um, they were changing the grading system in one of the schools so that you couldn't get an F. You couldn't go below. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, then like the minimum grade was 50. I'm like, well, then why would you even have a grading scale if you can't actually? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the point then? Oh. But um, and oh, he, yeah. he, even as a kid, was saying like, this is ridiculous because if we don't learn to fail, if we don't experience fail failure, 
then when we're adults, it's so much harder because it's the small failures that teach us and build up our character, you know. So I think you're onto something there when you're working with people and training them on that. It's such a big part of uh, building our own grit. Yeah, and you know, you open that up, and mm-hmm. I argue it all the time. It's just like, what do you mean there's not a loser in football nowadays <laughs> at, at the youth level? Right. We're creating our problems for tomorrow because of that, and it is. You know, people mm-hmm. they never, you know, these this generation they will never fail, so they'll never understand it, and everything has to be even. It's just like no, the stuff you see that those people that you want, they worked for that. They failed mm-hmm. for that. Right. You know, yes, there's probably, you know, what is it? Six percent that stuff was handed down to them, mm-hmm. but that they worked to be able to give it to them. Well, the people you admire, the people, so it's that, not just what they have or what they do, but it's that you see their character that the people, I know the people that I admire have had their share of failures and have had to work really hard to get where they are. And that's what I admire. I think for, for myself, I've had for sure my share of failures, and those were the best lessons. The winning ones were not, I don't remember the times as much when I won or succeeded. It's more, I don't learn as much from that as when I fail. It's a good chance to look at ourselves that, and look at how to do better. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. Winning's only fun for that moment. Right. Failure is a life lesson. You remember, like, oh, why did I fail at that? Did I do something wrong? You'll go back. And figure that out. Mm-hmm. When you win, you celebrate. You don't figure out why did I win. You figure out how you're going to win as you're getting there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So when you yeah. talk to people, people are like, "Oh, I did this, this, and this." It's like you know, you go back to you know the Michael Jordan stories. You know, people don't say, "Oh, he's the best NBA player in the world." You know, when they talk to him, they say, "Hey, he was not, you know, even drafted. You know, he was not even picked in college. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't even make the team. The, the failures made who he was." Mm-hmm. And I that's, didn't even you know, know that. If you look at any, that's cool. It's actually. just like, you know, it's, and that's what builds people up. And that's, you know, I love sitting down with people and make them, you know, look at how that really work, works. You know, because a lot of people are like, oh, I want this. Like, why do you want that? Because I want it. Well, they have no reason <laughs> why, they, why they want it. So let's stop and figure out why you want something. Then figure out that's what you really want. And it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, people, I, well, I, I want to make, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month. Why do you want that? Right. They really just want a lifestyle of freedom, and they just think they need that. Right. You know, or a so feeling. That, I think a feeling is a big part of it for me. Like I want, when I look at um, financial success, it's really about having the freedom to choose where I want to live and to be do it like to the freedom to do whatever I want to do. It's more of a feeling, an essence of freedom more than anything. It's really freedom. Do you, do you find that too? Or is it something different? No, it's a hundred. To me, it's a hundred percent freedom. And when people say it's a dollar amount for freedom, mm-hmm. it's not a dollar amount for freedom. It's when you can live the lifestyle that you want to live without worrying about it. Mm-hmm. Because we all live in different lifestyles. You know, if you want to be a millionaire with a million dollar millionaire lifestyle, mm-hmm. that's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. You want to be the average Joe that gets go to you know here. You know, it's just like last night. You know. I never really like talk about the money I make, this and that. I just know I have my freedom, my lifestyle that I mm-hmm. hope that people follow me because of my lifestyle. But like, just like last night, I purchased tickets to go Disney on ice. Mm-hmm. I almost fell off the couch when I realized how much it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was 150 bucks for four people. Mm-hmm. I thought it was crazy just because it's like, really? 
Mm-hmm. But to focus on the average person, like I know a lot of people wouldn't do that because mm-hmm. they couldn't spend $150. Mm-hmm. So to get the financial freedom, it's just like just to be able to do those extra things without worrying about it, mm-hmm. that's freedom. You know, If you have to work 40 hours a week, great. If you're working 80 hours a week, let's figure out how to give you freedom right. to be able to do those extra things that you want to do to enjoy life. You know, mm-hmm. not saying going to all these plays and shows are awesome, but it's awesome. You know, your kids, your kids are going to love it. The mm-hmm. facial expression your kids are going to have <laughs> when they go, there's just going to be awesome. So it's just like to get people to more <laughs> of that point where they're not starving you know, living paycheck to paycheck, or mm-hmm. like I tell people, they're living paycheck to the Thursday before paycheck, you know, <laughs> just to get that freedom, you know, to me, freedom is get that stress off your back, you know, right. if you have exactly. no stress, if you, if you have no stress and you're working 70 hours a week and you're loving life, awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you're working 70 hours a week and having stress that you, you're not going to make it, you can't, things like it's that. just like, yeah, you know, you know, freedom is not a dollar amount. Freedom is the lifestyle that you live. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways to shape it for what's right for each individual. And that's what um, I think, you know, we have this concept of the American dream. And it looks like A, B, C, D, E, like these things. If you have all these things, you have the American dream. But it's so different for different people. Like, um, you know, I have, you know, you, the people who live in tiny houses, they probably don't need as much money as the people who have the $300,000 house in you know in in madison but they're both living lives that matter to them and that they're happy about so it's really knowing what that is and what makes you happy and then go from there right and people can't people can't always figure it out they don't even know what makes them happy i'm like oh that's the easy part (laughs) for me at least yeah it's like stop trying to stay up with the joneses yes look look inside see what's gonna you know What's going to get you to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I want to get out of bed. Right. That's it. Once we get you out of bed with a smile, we could go, we could get you to bed with a smile. Right. You know, it's just by the time you're on the day, if you're burned out and you don't want to go to bed because you know tomorrow you have to wake up and go to work and you're going to hate it. Yeah. Let's stop right there. Let's figure out what's going to make, you know, make you just be a happy person. You know, I'm a pretty happy person, but I think I might have need to have one of these coaching conversations with you about how to uh, live the lifestyle I want. So we'll do that on another on another time, but yeah, that so sounds pretty you don't you don't want to learn how to wheelie. Ah, uh, no. Well, you know, ever since I did the three sixty on the ATV and then it bounced off my leg when I when I hit the ground, that has been not on my list anymore. <laughs> Perfect. We won't do three sixty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't go so well. So yeah, actually, um, getting my motorcycle license was on my list of things to do. And here's what I've learned: I am too easily distracted to have to worry about shifting a clutch and pull, pushing the gas and steering all at the same time. <laughs> it's much better just to like ride along and watch. So I'll just be a, a passenger on a motorcycle. That works for me. Perfect. And yeah. you know that. So that's the good thing. <laughs> I'm smart enough to know that. So what's next? Like what is the next thing on your, uh, either your stunt list or your um, lifestyle goal? What's next for you? Um, right now, I, you know, I'm still, still, you know, focusing on stunt riding you know it's kind of weird i always say i'm, I'm going to retire from stunt riding uh-huh. and, but every year it gets it goes to the next level and so i'm just gonna you know i'm still able to do it you know i still have to get mm-hmm. out of bed without limping too much and <laughs> and you know i'm not really taking 
that much away from my family, me mm-hmm. traveling, you know, my kids are still at the right age that I'm not missing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm still going to push, you know, start riding. You know, I still have the dream, the goal of, you know, hopefully, you know, Harley Davidson calls up, Hey, I want, you know, we, we need to take your team under the wing and, you know, we need to work together and mm-hmm. make this, you know, make this, you know, teammate guys that you ride with, you know, to the next level you know that's that's still there we're still we're pushing for that we're still you know focusing on keeping our shows as professional as possible and mm-hmm. keeping everybody on toes just because we like to lead the trend of stunt riding mm-hmm. and you know do what people are not doing so so i'm still pushing really hard on you know that direction do they know and about then, you i mean they are just down the road do they know about they, you? they, they know about us they're they're spying on us, but you know <laughs> the Harley spies. I can see it now in their cool leather jackets and all that. <laughs> yeah, you know it's you know it's. I just say they're a brand that you have to really stand out. Yeah, because you know they're they're going to want to know what what are you going to bring to us, not what can we bring to you. Mm-hmm. So we'll just keep doing what we're getting, getting the feedback that we have. You know, hopefully enough people report back to them saying, "Wow, what, what we just saw, you know, right. was, you know, it's awesome." You know, they're they're a standalone team, and that's where we're facing at. You know, I have an awesome teammate out, and it's, it's funny. I live in Wisconsin, but I I ride with a guy named Rob Carpenter from One Wheel Revolution out of Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now is he we, the one know, that has because, like a something physically no that was that was that was my old teammate okay you know i you know ryan i rode with him for like 15 years he actually lives here in wisconsin okay okay you probably have can you tell what he did he have like a what was i don't know you're right you're right he has a prosthetic leg oh right right which is yeah incredibly impressive yeah incredibly impressive the, the the journey that we had together when yeah. that happened, it was, you know, you know, like I said, I, I rode with, that, that was the vertical mischief team that we went to China with. Oh, okay. Um, you know, we rode together for 15 years, you know, had an awesome, you know, riding relationship and to actually see someone, you know, my, my accident is nothing compared to, you know, he got hit by a car. Oh, wow. And, you know, kind of, you know, it went from there and that's how he lost his leg and, you know, to watch somebody, it doesn't matter if stunt riding or what, to able to, you know, that, that kind of goes back to our thing. You, you focus on what you want, the lifestyle you wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was not ready to give up riding. And, you know, we, you know, we took the steps we had to do to get him back on a bike and, you know, it's got amazing. him, got him back where he is. And, you know, you know, that happened maybe 10 years ago. And, He's still riding. You know, that's incredible. So. I mean, and that, yeah, that's incredible. It reminds me of the drummer in Def Leppard. Yep. He lost his arm in a car accident. Like of all things for a drummer to lose, of all things for a stunt rider to lose, and yet they they come back. It's so impressive. You know, like it goes back to what's inside of you. You know, mm-hmm. build yourself up to you know go, get over the the fail fails. You know, at any given time. You know, my crash, I could have said, I'm done riding. Mm-hmm. His crash, he could have been done riding. You know, you, you hear those stories, too. You know, the people that make it to the top just don't give up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we all have reasons why we should have stopped at one time from whatever we're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So do you think your girls will be riding motorcycles? 
Um, my youngest one, maybe. Mm-hmm. My oldest one, I have a six and a three-year-old. I'm not really sure that's her passion. You know, every once in a while she says, you know, hey, Dad, can I ride my motorcycle? Uh-huh. And, you know, I put it, you know, I smile about it, get her on it. You know, uh-huh. I don't. I don't push in the beginning. My first, you know, she's my first in the beginning. I pushed really hard uh-huh. and I realized it wasn't what dad wants and what's, it's what her wants. She wants and mm-hmm. what we could do when mom's not home. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that recorded now. <laughs> it's, she, she knows it. She knows it. I, I yeah. send her videos when, <laughs> when she out riding just to say, ha ha, she's riding it. But the, the little, the little one, she's probably going to be my daredevil. Yeah, and, the one that's fallen uh, around a lot, getting used to the falls. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, this has been so, really interesting. It's been fun um, hearing about how you got to where you are, and actually I'm still blown away by the shoulder injury. That's like, what a comeback, you know? Um, I was wondering if you could tell people where they can find you and look at some of your videos, because I think they'd love to see it after hearing your story. All right, on Instagram, if you go to Joey underscore burnout under slash beavers so it's joey burnout beavers on instagram that's pretty much my um my stunt writing page i keep most of the stunt writing there if you go on facebook it's under joseph beavers you know just look for the stunt writer there but um facebook is more business i you know i i do a lot of you know i post a lot of stuff to hope people open their minds and think Mm -hmm. different than they normally do i try to not to mix them up, you know, but I still put my lifestyle on Facebook, but Instagram's a hundred percent. You know, if you, if you're following me for stunt riding, go to Instagram. If you're following me for a lifestyle and you want entertainment and you want coaching and you want Mm -hmm. different, um, to learn different opportunities. Or if, you know, if you're looking to start a business or whatever, and you just, you know, want my, my outtake on it and, you know, the hiccups or whatever, because I, I study a lot of businesses and network marketing, you know, hit me up on Facebook. That's just Joseph Beavers. Very and nice. I said, look, look, look for the stunt riding picture just because <laughs> there's a few Joseph Beavers out there. And so, it's, you know, I still have my bike on my Facebook oh, okay. page just because, you know, that's where I started. And that's where people know me from. And that's, you know. I don't really care to be Joseph the businessman. I'm still <laughs> Joe, you know, stunt riding and you know. There's no growing the up stuff. here. No growing up here, right? There's no growing up. <laughs> you know, um, I'll also include your links on the post. So, uh, listeners, if you want to get to them and you aren't finding them, just check them out on glisteningparticles.com. All right. So this has been fun. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for a while. Hey, thanks for having me. It's yeah. awesome to you know be able to sit here and talk and. You know, get to meet people like yourself and see, you know, I look at this as like, you know, you're doing your passion now. You know, I, I follow you on Facebook. I follow you on Instagram. And, you know, you're living a lifestyle. You're designing your life. So, you know, it's awesome for me to see people like yourself that are, mm-hmm. are going and starting stuff because, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you were not born, a, you know, a podcaster. You know, this is something that right. you, you fell in love with it and took off with it and it is yeah. exciting. It's there's something about you know this too when you find that thing that it it's like a rocket fuel for everything in life. Isn't it? That's what yep. I feel like. Yep. All right, well thank you again and um we'll have to get you out there doing some more stunts and teaching my teaching my son a few more things although he's getting pretty good. It 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 freaks the mother out, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
Actually, though, I, I trust him. He's had his wipeouts, but he comes back every time, too. So, All right. Well, thank Perfect. you again. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye. Talking with Joe reminded me of a neighbor of mine. He would see my guys out there riding their motorcycles and one day stopped by and talked about how much he missed riding. And when he, was, when he got married and had kids, he had given up his motorcycle. And I remember talking with him then and saying, <clears throat> you know, if it's part of who you are, you have to have a way to still do that because it's like you're kind of shutting down your soul and not letting yourself really live. And a couple of years later, I saw him ride up the road on a Harley Davidson, and I saw him taking it to work every single day. And I thought, there it is. Those are the things that we have to do to keep our lives whole and to set examples for our kids and the people we love of how we nourish the things that feed our soul. And Joe is one of those guys who does that, and he does it well. Thanks for listening. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.